What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Imperfect Swing Golf Podcast. Today, we have a special guest joining us from the PGA Show. He's also one of the key members of Team Bridgestone. I'll leave it up to Adam just to give us a short little intro into who he is and what he does at Bridgestone Golf. Yeah, absolutely, Shannon. Thanks for having me on. Um, right here in Orlando, we're kind of kicking off the next few days here at the show. We have some exciting things to announce. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm the golf ball fitting manager at Bridgestone Golf. Um, even outside of that, I'm lucky enough to do a lot of our digital content too. So I oversee a lot of our digital marketing and that's kind of almost um, just as much as ball fitting. So there's, there's a couple hats that I wear, but um, yeah, as far as a history into golf, um, I grew up in a really small country town in, in the panhandle of Florida and we didn't really have golf and just played a little baseball and stuff like that. So I went off to college. I was going to be a civil engineer. That's what I wanted to do. And um, a good friend of mine got me into golf, um, Pete Sands, who's right here in close to Orlando now. And um, he offered me a position at his course while I was in college. And it completely, totally distracted me from studying or anything. So like the, the golf course, I would drive right past the engineering school and go to work early and play some golf. So it was a huge distraction, but it ended up being like the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Um, so I kind of finished up engineering and ended up, um, going to, um, going to, um, the green grass side of things. I wanted to be a golf pro or a GM or something like that. So I passed my PAT was kind of going through the, the normal PGA system thing. And, um, met some good friends up in Atlanta. We moved up there, me and the wife, and met some good people at Bridgestone, and they gave me a really cool opportunity to do ball fitting. So ball fitting was my first step into Bridgestone golf, and that was when you go around and you do the live fittings and test against the competitor. And so I did that for about six or seven months, and then I was very lucky enough somebody left R&D, um, Bridgestone R&D, so it opened, so it was like a perfect little meld of, of engineering and, and golf. So I loved my time at R&D. I'm not there now. I moved over to marketing, but spent about four, four and a half years in the R&D department. And it was super fun to um, to work with the players. Obviously, that's the fun part, right? Working with Tiger and Fred and Bryson and, you know, Nick Price, um, Brant Snedeker, all the good, all these great players. Hudson Swafford is not with us. That just won. Um, really great guy. Great ball striker. But um. Davis Love. Um, so it, it was that was the most fun part. And, and when marketing came and approached me, I said, hey, you know, I don't, I don't really want to give up the testing of these players and being involved making the ball like my I'll move over to marketing and do this stuff. And I love that and love the creativity that marketing gives me. But I still want to work with the pros. I still want to work with the R&D team. So the manager of the R&D facility is, is still a really good friend of mine, Andrew Choutner, and we work very well together. And I go and still attend the testings and, you know, help them run TrackMan. And, and, but also, you know, the communication with the player is nice because now I oversee golf ball fitting. So I can ask them, them, ask them the marketing questions of what they like about the ball and kind of why it fits them, even outside of the numbers game that the R&D team does. So now I'm the golf ball fitting manager and oversee a lot of things. I, I enjoy doing a lot of content, you know, around social and the website and, and YouTube and things of that too. So it's really fun. Bridgestone allows me to do a lot of unique things and wear a lot of hats, which I like, you know, you kind of get your hands in a lot of different activities and you can control some things at Bridgestone. So I, I love it here. I think a question, you know, 
for someone who's been part of the team for about three years now, I guess is, you know, for you seeing that astronomical incline with Bridgestone, you know, having the big names like obviously Tiger, who is the GOAT, and, you know, not many people can reach the, the audience that he can, but you also added Lexi and Bryson, who are kind of catered to the younger generation, the longer hitting generation as well. And then obviously you have Fred Couples, who's, one of the the sweet swinging classic guys out there you know how's it been for you to kind of witness this up close and you know just your thoughts on how you know Bridgestone's been growing over the years yeah it's been a wild I, this January actually marks 10 years I've been with Bridgestone to the date almost and it's been a pretty wild ride from when we started we had like when I first got to Bridgestone it was like the Cooch and Brent Snedeker show those guys were like in the top 10 in the world they were super consistent. You know, Brant won the tour championship. You know, uh, Matt was winning players and winning yearly. And those guys were so consistent. And so when we came in, we were kind of, you know, I was kind of spoiled with this very consistent, you know, golf. And then so a couple of years later goes by and those guys are still playing well. But a couple of years later, we, you know, we signed Bryson coming out of college and, you know, one of his biggest things was consistency of the ball. And I remember our um, manufacturing um, director was taking him through the factory. And you know, no player we've has ever been treated in the way he was when we recruit him. Usually they come and they test the ball on their own. But he actually begged for a factory tour because he wanted to see how the sausage is made. I want to see behind the scenes what you guys are doing how you're actually quality controlling these balls down the line. You know, he's very curious in that. So he was asking all these questions about the ball. And I'll never forget our director of the factory walked in the, the he walked in our conference room where we're all still sitting around waiting anxiously. And then he went to R and D after the factory. And so he wasn't in there and he goes, Oh yeah, he's, he's going to sign with us after the stuff he just asked me there's no way that um, that he doesn't because obviously he'd went to a couple different factories already, you know, up on the West Coast and up there in the Mass area. And, you know, they they couldn't answer some of those questions offhand or answer them to his satisfaction. And he'd already done some of the, the work. He'd done the testing on his own in his, in his room when he was doing consistent, you know, when he was balancing the balls and the Epsom salt and stuff like that. So he already knew there was – it was between two companies that – tested consistent in his basis so things like that you know we got bryson coming in kind of and then of course uh nike announces that they're no longer gonna do golf and you know i'll i'll never forget that day sitting we were in the conference room we were all at this meeting we had our um rsds in the regional sales directors and everyone's phone started blowing up around the table just buzzing and it just came out they made that big announcement and on our one of our um the director of marketing left the room with a phone call everybody was kind of taking calls because now customers are looking for more balls and spaces and stuff like that but he left the room and he walked out and he come and he sat down next to us and he bumped us and said hey that was somebody wanting some of the balls because then we're like oh well all these nike players are opening up to play the ball and you know, he said, we got to send it down to Jupiter. It's, it's Tiger. And then we were just like, oh man. So the relationship was there before with Tiger. Um, you know, I don't think it's a secret that, you know, we were involved um, with manufacturing that golf ball. 
So um, he had a good relationship with our team. Um, he knew us very well. He knew the product very well. And so the transition was good. He, you know, he's told us that he tried out some different balls and wanted to continue that relationship with something he was consistent with. And so in, in some videos, he's made that comment. So obviously, I guess I'm, I hate to deviate from the questions, but you talk about the growth of, of Bridgestone and, you know, Tiger coming in just, I mean, it just puts that extra stamp of validity, you know, on what you've done already in the first, you know, six or seven years you've been there. And, you know, everything he's done since then has been pretty amazing. I mean, no one kind of knew what was going to happen after 17 and he come back and he played really excellent in 18. I mean, he played such a great year. He almost won Valspar. Um, he, by one, he lost to one by, to Paul Casey. He played amazing at Arnold Palmer that year. Internally, we were like, oh my goodness, this guy's, he's there, you know, and he's playing so great. And then he won the tour championship and it was bananas. And then of course, the Masters in 19 was just, I mean, it just gives you goosebumps now thinking about it. And we all sat and watched what he did, you know, during that time and playing that course like he did and winning a major was just amazing. And, you know, um, Tiger and then, you know, Fred has been such a good advocate for our brand. He's great. He plays the ball amazingly. Lexi is another one of those that came to us. And, that's that's what's also an incredible thing about some of the players we get is Tiger calls us through his agent to get the ball. Lexi played the ball for about a year and a half before we signed her. She wanted to play it on her own and and figure it out and you know and then Bryson kind of the same way. We of course we tried to recruit Bryson, but it was much more of his decision coming to us than than us going out there and saying, "Hey, here's a number we're going to be at, you know, we want you." He, he ultimately made the decision on his own without, I mean, his agent pretty much said, like, he's going to play what he wants. That's the main goal, especially coming out of college. You know, the, the, the money and the salary and all the contracts will come later with success. But right now he wants to choose something he feels good about. And Bryson played on the European tour as an am the first time he ever put that ball in play. And he shot 64 the first round um, he'd ever played with the Bridgestone ball. So he, to this day, he tells us when he sees, when we ask, like, hey, tell us about your first experience, he brings that up. Well, the first time I ever teed it up a competition, you know, eight under 64, I'm, I'm done. I, I know it's for me. So, again, deviating, but coming back to your question, it's it's been an amazing 10 years. Um, obviously, the last two years have been a challenge in golf, but also an opportunity. You know, we know what has happened over the last two, two and a half years and the challenge that the whole world has kind of went through. But golf has done a really good job of um, setting a good example of safety. And, you know, obviously it's out in the open. You know, you can get away from people. And I think a lot of people remembered what it was like to play golf outside on your own or with your buddies, you know, and, you know, you're out, you're outside in nature. And, you know, it was a really eye-opening experience. I, I had several friends, I'm sure you did too, that started playing again, you know, 18, you know, 20 months ago. And then now when you see them, that's all they want to talk about is when you're going to get out and play again. So everyone's getting the bug again. I certainly did too. I probably played more golf in 2020 and early 21 than I had in a long time. So um, the challenges have been there, but 
you know, Bridgestone, we've, I feel like we've done a good job to navigate, you know, the manufacturing and the processes it needs to do to, to make a little more golf balls and, and kind of supply some of that demand that's been pent up from sitting in the house. Yeah, I think um, it's fair to say, you know, after you guys brought Tiger on and, you know, obviously him winning multiple times after that comeback uh, definitely kind of shook the world in a, in a different way because obviously the golf ball industry is um, very, uh, I don't want to say fickle, but it's, it's almost like the, the reputation has its, has its power in, in the, in that market. And when you see your, yeah. And when you see your hero, Tiger Woods, win the masters with the Bridgestone ball, it kind of changes the way you think. You're like, Oh, maybe I should give that a try. And then all of a sudden, yeah, in South Africa, we don't have any stock of Bridgestone balls anymore. The XS because everyone's buying Tiger's ball um and and personally i play the xs that's what i've been playing for i think since 2018 and what i first noticed was and it comes back to kind of what bryson loves about the ball is the consistency right and um i think if i'm not mistaken for me it's um almost every tour player that i've played with and i like okay yeah just hit the ball just i give them one ball just to hit and it's like, they're like, wow, this is unreal. It, it feels completely different. They're like, oh no, it feels so soft. But at the same time, they're like, it's still going the same distance, even further at times, especially maybe with driver and the longer irons. Um, so I don't know, is that, I, I guess a personal question that I've always wanted to ask is how involved is a Tiger Woods in the R&D um, is this is there like a, a a big part that he plays in a sense maybe on the feedback side very the answer to that is a lot i mean you know obviously we have a smaller staff we're very um you know we don't we're not 12 15 players deep in our staff and you know that's that's a choice thing too for us we like the small and compact you know staff to where we can have it a little more controllable I mean, sure, we'd love to have a 10-person staff, but we love it the way it is. But it also allows us to really focus on a couple of guys and really get their feedback. So, like, for the XS model, the ball that Tiger plays, you know, his feedback is is brutally heavily weighted in the way that ball is built. That's That's why we can launch the ball that he plays, you know. It's not a prototype. He doesn't play a special makeup. It is the excess ball. He has shown up. We've got video. He's talked about this too. He's shown up to an event earlier than when we shipped the balls. I think he showed up, and it was a major. It was I think it was the 18 PGA. He showed up on Monday or even Sunday the week before, and our stock hadn't showed up to the event. The, the tour guys weren't there, and he walked in the shop and grabbed an excess off the shelf and played a practice round with it. And that's what, you know, we, we like the fact that his ball is the ball of the excess. Now, certainly we test it with amateurs and consumers and we make sure it's, it's playable. It's not anything that's too spinny to where he can't control. I mean, his spin with the excess is actually pretty low with driver. And then we all know he spins it insanely with his wedges so he has he has like the opposite of a lot of consumer problems he he has low spin off driver and then he has a ton of spin with his wedge and a lot of consumers have the opposite of that and they they overspin driver and they want more spin around the greens 
So, you know, for him, the XS is such a great ball and it actually allows consumers to, to get some spin. A guy that does swing over 105 that needs a lot of spin, that ball is soft, but it's not spinny by firmness. There's a, there's a couple of balls in the market that the, the X versions of them that are really spinny. Like for instance, the Pro V1X is a really spinny golf ball, but it's built based on a lot of firmer compression in the core, a firm mantle layer, and then a really soft cover. So you get the spin because it's like pinching against that firm backboard. The way we kind of build Tiger's ball is the core is actually, it's probably the softest core golf ball that's played on tour by a tour level player. I think it came in measured at you know, 74, 75 compression. This is pretty low, you know, maybe 76. I can't remember totally. So, but, um, but the cover's really soft. The mantle layer is just firm enough that you can pinch up against it. But one thing Tiger will always say to us is I can't play a clicky ball. Like, I don't care if it performs and it spins around the green. If he hears that click and it just registers in his mind that it's a firm clicky, it's out. I mean, he'll hit shots around the greens with our protos, and we'll have five or six of them, and he'll hit one, and, oh, that, that feels a little bit softer than mine. You know, it launches good and low. He'll hit one ball, and we'll, we'll kind of know. We'll be like, eh, I don't think he's going to like this one, but we got it in there. Let's test it and see. He'll hit it and say, oh, oh. he'll make a little, like, instantly he'll make a little grimace, and he goes, let me let me hit a few more, and he'll hit a few more and say, yeah, that one's. Uh, let me see what it does with like a full wedge shot, but I don't. I don't like the way that one just did on this forty-yard chip shot. And so he's looking at things like that, and he's making sure the ball gives him what he needs. And I tell you, the XS is so perfect for the guy who does. I play the XS too. I love it. I love the spin around the greens. I just, you know, seeing a ball yoke back from 90, 85 yards is something about it. Still makes me love that shot. So it's really built for that guy who wants to check the ball up a little more. You know, maybe they can't produce enough spin, so it helps them off the tee and it helps them around the green. So that's that's a ball that's built for, for him. So he has a massive amount of feedback, you know, in that ball. But like I said, we, we make sure it still fits the consumers. But if you think of the other side of that spectrum, you have the X and the XS that are for Tiger and Bryson you have a model that we build, the RX and the RXS, that is much more consumer driven. So a consumer can't say like, oh, well, you you built this ball for Tiger and Bryson. Like, I can't play that. We've recognized that that is true. You know, that ball may be too spinny for most people. So we built a version of Tiger's ball, which is the RXS, that is really designed to be a greenside monster that has a lot of spin, but the inside of that ball is built in such a way to where it won't overspin off the tee. If you're somebody who's, you know, don't generate, that doesn't generate over 105 and let's say you're 82, but then you, you keep seeing that ball kind of fly up and, oh man, I'm just losing a bunch of distance here. You know, the RXS and the RX are kind of built to be that. They're built to be Tiger's ball and Bryson's ball with a better core construction for consumers that don't produce that speed. So we have long obviously been a over 105 and under 105 company as far as the swing speed is. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of people that give us, you know, kind of pushback on that. But I always equated this, right? If you're thinking about clubs and you're using clubs, 
there's all different types of shaft flexes because they match up better for swing speeds. Now, of course, there's going to be anomalies to where a guy who doesn't swing very fast may want a stiff shaft because he likes the feel and he likes the kick, and that may work for him. So, um, yeah, of course, Tiger and Bryson's feedback on the X and XS are used heavily, but... You know, we also make these balls, the RX and the RX, that is much more for the consumer and has them in mind. You know, think of Bryson's ball and Tiger's ball with the cover and mantle, but then a core design that works better for somebody who, who doesn't swing as fast as Bryson. Of course, Bryson's swinging these days like 135 in competition. So we got to make a ball that, I mean, that's 135. That's in the basically like 0.1%. So like there's guys that swing fast and we, you know, we know the X works for guys that swing really quick, but I mean, there's people that want that performance, but swing 82 or 77. So the RX is kind of Bryson's long drive distance monster, but with a core design that kind of matches up better for the swing speed. So the feedback of the pros kind of going back to your question, I think the feedback of the pros is so important for the X and XS but then when it comes to the RX and RXS, we rely heavily on, you know, Lexi, um, which will be playing the RX moving forward. Um, she's moving down to that ball. It works well for her game, and she really likes it. Fred plays the RXS, so we pull data from his testing and look at it. And, and he, you know, obviously Fred's been a good proponent for the B330 all those years, that the, the hard, you know, firmer ball. But now he's using RXS because he likes the control and, he likes the way it comes off his club and he's you know it's funny he talks so much historically about the b330 and how that ball was so firm and he loved that now you know he'll tell you i'm 62 and man i love the rxs because i it really feels like i can compress that ball even more it, it kind of gives me that nostalgic vibe of of smooshing the ball like he used to do so he plays the rxs it, it works out well for him so we rely on players like that and, and a lot of consumer testing for RX and RXS to make sure that ball kind of aligns with the needs of the, the everyday guys that's using it. And I think, you know, before we, we get into the the new ball that you guys are going to be putting out shortly, um, you guys obviously just launched your um, autonomous ball fitting, you know, machine, um, Otto. And maybe if you can talk a little bit about that and, and kind of, you know, you guys are known as the number one ball fitter in golf for a reason. And how is this going to fit into that, um, you know, well-oiled machine that you guys are now producing on a, on a mass scale? What a, what a great way to end that question. Well-oiled machine <laughs> in the ball thing. I love that. So, um, yeah, we launched Auto, and Auto is really called Auto because it's an autonomous golf ball fitting cart. And, you know, we kept calling, I mean, like for months, we didn't really think of the marketing name. We just kept calling it autonomous fitting card, autonomous robot, autonomous machine. <laughs> and so that auto just, we started using it for short auto, you know, for auto autonomous. So auto stands for autonomous. Basically this thing, um, where you roll it out, you turn it on and it kind of does the heavy lifting. We wanted to build something, um, for players that feels a little more inviting and less stressful, you know, like obviously when you go through a live ball fitting, you're going to be with our guy, Sam Fu or somebody else. And they're there with an iPad, they're standing over your shoulder, they're helping you. So a lot of people 
may find that a little intimidating. That's that's why a lot of people don't take lessons is because they're afraid that the pro is going to stand over them and tell them to do something wrong. You know, so ball footing can be somewhat of an intimidating situation. You got the net, you got all the machines around. So autos really design, you know, it's still a machine, but you roll it out there. Your pro says, hey, guys, you know, enjoy your day out here on the range. You know, go see auto and get fit. And, you know, now you walk up to, you know, supermarket or something and you there's self-checkouts. You know, it kind of gets you away from the register. Maybe I'm just in a hurry. I can do it myself. You know, I got a few things. So you go through and people are becoming more and more, um, you know, normalized with doing things like that. Just completing tasks on their own and kind of getting in and getting out. So auto was designed also with, you know, the new people in mind. Obviously, it's got a launch monitor in it, so your, your avid golfers are going to love this thing. You know, we we feel like once we get it out there in a broader um, sense and really get it out of this small test market and get it broad, you're going to have people propped up on this thing, hitting shots after shots. Oh, let me go through another fitting. I want to see, you know, what my driver's doing here, which is great. We want people to have more access. We, we you know, it's like the old saying, right? Knowledge is power. We at Bridgestone, as the number one ball in golf, we think that if consumers understand their parameters more and more, that helps our story because we've been blasting that from the mountain forever saying, we want you to understand what spin does to your ball. We want you to understand what launch conditions do or launch angle. We want you to understand your swing speed and how that affects what model you should play and, and so on and so forth. So the more knowledge that we can give the consumer, the better it'll be. So Avids will flock to this thing when they see it on a range but really we want there was over 25 million new golfers in the industry um not new but there's over 25 million golfers that participate in golf at a like entertainment level we're talking about top golf and pop stroke you know the putting courses and stuff like that so recent surveys have shown there's a lot of people that are interested in golf but they may not are interested in driving between the gates and going to a semi-private club and, and really the intimidation of, of teeing it up for 18 holes. So we built Auto 2 with that in mind to try to really drive people to that entertainment and enjoyment part of golf because that's what they're enjoying. They're going to Top Golf and they're having a few drinks and they're hitting a few shots and, oh, I hit a couple bad ones, but it doesn't really matter here. I'm you know, it's like bowling, right? You, you get a gutter ball and you get to throw again. You know, that's what I, I've always long thought that Top Golf was a very good equivalent to bowling because obviously there's professional bowlers that bowl really good and they're very serious and they got their gloves and stuff like that. But then you got your league guys who come in and want to drink a couple beers and throw it down there and, you know, they shoot what they shoot. And then you've got even lower people who go bowl and just they do whatever and they don't care what they shoot and that's golf is very similar in that way top golf has really done a good job of kind of of feeding that so long story short we've designed auto um to be a ball fitting machine and beyond we want it to be even more like obviously in its core and its foundation it is a ball fitting mechanism it it, it we want people to understand their conditions but we want to do it in a way that can be fun so We've got a lot of different software updates that we're working on now. It's obviously built right now to be, um, you walk up, you put in your data, you put in a little bit about yourself, um, about your game, and then you're gonna get a ball fitting recommendation based on a few swings. In the future, um, we've got a lot of things that we're building into this thing. 
an in-depth fitting where you're going to hit driver, eight iron, wedge, and then you understand your driver off the tee, you understand your approach conditions, and then you understand what your ball does around the greens. So a little bit more in-depth, you know, all the way from tee to green. We've got a long drive um, um, update that's going to go into it. So let's say a pro has 120 people playing in a charity tournament. You could roll it up to a tee, you could set it up, you click a few buttons, it's got a scrolling leaderboard and everybody hits their drive down the fairway and it tells you your distance. And you can have a leaderboard at the end of the day and your signature next to it on, you know, oh, um, you know, Shannon had the longest drive of the day. He's up at the top. So that's kind of some of the fun things that we're building into it. Competitor, ball fittings. Um, we're looking at targeting, you know, to where you practice on, you know, 150 yard shots and scoring and stuff like that. So that's a lot of the things we're looking in in auto is is to kind of make it easier, make it enjoyable, and then use that 15 years of ball fitting experience and 3 million fittings that we've already done and continue to drive fittings to players and drive home that the ball is the most important piece of equipment that you could choose. It's the only thing you're going to use on every shot. I mean, it, it's it's if you shoot 80 you've used the ball for 80 times, you know, it's going to be the thing that's most consistent in your game. So make sure that it fits your. Yeah. And make sure that it's a Bridgestone. And I think, you know, looking at the offering that you guys have across the board, what I like about it is it's inclusive. You know, you're not looking at or favoring one specific golfer. It's very easy for these brands to kind of piggyback off of their pro um, golfers and in cater to like this is tour tour level performance tour level performance but uh, you know when you're looking at the tour b line you guys literally cover every single golfer under the sun you know you have your your tour level seeking players who are swinging at over 105 but then you also have the guys that are under 105 and you kind of cater to that too which is your average handicapper average golfer male or female and i think that's a, a good point to make as well that it's kind of catered towards you know, unisex and covering all those bases. And I think with that being said, you know, the Tuobi line has been so consistent across the board, you know, from, from offering that tour level performance. And I guess the question now is, how did you guys improve on it with the latest line of uh, Tuobi? And, you know, how is this going to benefit golfers going forward? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. That's why we're here this week. We're, we're kind of launching a new golf ball. We've we launched auto, which I kind of talked about a second ago. Um, you mentioned, um, you also mentioned that, um, you know, we, we work with consumers and we make sure it fits their game. I mean, just hitting on that before I get to the new stuff, um, our most popular balls in our lines aren't the one that Bryson and Tiger play. They are, they're very close typically, but like a ball that fits the consumer better is what we sell more of. And, internally we you know of course marketing and you, you want to really rely on the tiger and bryson and all that but you really need them to be to validate what you're doing through the line you don't we don't necessarily want tiger to sell more excess than anything else because that's his ball and there is a certain percentage of people that fit it for sure and they should play that ball but we want bryson and tiger to validate the things we're doing as a brand so the RX and the E12 Contact, you know, they're great sellers and they're higher than than the other balls because they fit consumers better. So other brands may sell their top line ball because they say, hey, the pros use it and so should you. 
we never want to adapt that process. We don't ever want to say, oh, Tiger uses the excess, so you should too. We'd rather say Tiger chose Bridgestone because it fit him, you know, and that excess fits you. You should choose Bridgestone and you should play what fits you. So that's kind of the segue there. And I love that you brought up that we make consumer balls because we're, we feel like we're a consumer golf ball company rather than, you know, a tour driven golf ball company. <laughs> you know, we have tour players that play it and they validate it on the highest level, but then we make golf balls for everybody. We just happen to make tour balls for tour players too. So that's, that's a really cool thing. And that's one of the earliest things I got told when I came into the brand um, by my boss, um, Dan Murphy, who's now the president and CEO, he was in the marketing, he was direct, he was VP of marketing at the time. And he said that he goes, we just happen to make balls for tour players, but we design balls for all skill levels and all types of demographics of players. So on to the, on to the juicy stuff, on to the reason, um, the 2022 tour B, which is, um, which is launched and announced We're we're so excited about that. Um, it's a continuation of, of what we call internally contact science. Um, in 2020, we launched um, the Tour V line that had the reactive cover. Um, we were the first, one of the first companies to put impact modifiers into the cover. Um, still one of the only ones that I know. So obviously all the covers are made out of urethane and people just choose different urethane furnaces. Oh, I want a Shorty 41 or a Shorty 50 and I'm gonna put that on the cover and that fluctuates spin. Put a firmer cover on, less spin, softer cover, more spin. So we put impact modifiers that actually react differently when they're hit at different speeds. So think of, I don't know if you've seen the videos of, of the, the kind of pliable putty looking material that people run over. And so if you hit it hard and you run fast, it acts firm because you can kind of hit up against it. But you can put your finger in it and mush it down if you do it slow. So that's kind of the reactive additives and the impact modifiers. So on soft speeds that aren't very fast, the ball still acts soft because the impact modifiers don't press up against it at that speed. And then in a driver that's going really fast, the impact modifiers firm up because they feel a hard force and they let the ball be faster. So in the 2022, what we did is we're kind of elevating that contact science and the cover on the new ball is called the reactive IQ. It's one of the first times I've said that this week. Um, been excited to talk about the reactive IQ and the IQ came from, obviously the IQ is a very marketing thing to call it, but it actually was derived by, we added more of the impact modifiers even to this material and took it further. And internally we were saying that it's like they're getting smarter. The, the, the cover is getting smarter. The innovation is getting smarter. It's like, how much can you do? And, and we all understand that we're living in a world of incremental innovation. And that's, that's what we live in. You know, we live to, to make it just, just make the ball a little bit better. You know, the, the going from wound to solid core was a huge jump. Um, two years ago, we went from the regular cover to the reactive cover. And then now we're just continuing to kind of move that along and, and continue to make that ball better. So, Obviously, this cover was co-designed by Bryson, Tiger, Lexi, and Fred. It had a lot of input into the design of the cover. It's so good to rely on the tour players because they 
are so consistent with their strikes so they can provide us with a lot of feedback because our R&D team in Japan and here in the U.S., you know, they're they're writing these formulas and we're using charts and Excel spreadsheets and something may look really awesome on paper, but then Tiger hits it and he just, oh, I don't know about that or quite vice versa, you know. So we saw some really cool um, reactions out of the players. Um, I'll never forget the last version of the X when, um, when Bryson hit it in Dallas and late September, I believe, um, he started hitting some wedge shots and he, he did one of these, he tilted his head and said, huh, did you guys hear that? You know, and he, he kind of did one of those and, you know, the guys, you know, he hits the golf ball every day. He knows the sound, he knows what it's supposed to make. He knows exactly the way it's supposed to go. And so he hit one and it was the first one of the final version and, and it was hit it, cause it got it to where it was his ball, the final version, you know, we have all these prototypes but this was like his old ball, the final one. And he just, he turned to us and said, did you hear that? And I said, yeah, I heard it. Let's, let's hit a few more and let's see what we got here. And he kept hitting it. And he just loved the way the sound and the design of the pitch coming off of that club sounded for him. So obviously his wedges are very important to him. You know, he's got the distance. He's hitting the ball very far. So he said one thing he wants to focus on is more consistent wedge shots. So he challenged us, I don't know, 24 months ago when we started down this process. He goes, I need the standard deviation of spin on my wedge shots tighter because I need to hit the ball the same distance better and better, which is like, okay, of course, let's, you know, rub our hands together, create some magic and make a better ball. <laughs> so he really challenged us to, I'd love to see some, some standard deviation tightened up. And then he's talking about standard deviation of from the fairway to when he hits it in the rough. Like I'd love for them to be closer because that's what you get, right? You get a fairway shot, you hit a nice little full pitching wedge, 9,000 RPMs, maybe 10,000 if you're spinning it. When you go to the rough, that may drop to 72 or 75. He was saying, I'd, I'd love to hit it from the fairway at 10 and then from the rough at 8. You know, so we're like, yeah, okay. And so what we do with the impact modifiers is how they act on those shots is a little bit tighter. And so we kind of squished that standard deviation down. And we saw that with the prototypes. It was really cool because we tested with him and we're out there on the range. And then we get the computer and we, we lug it into the shop and into the, the hitting bay. And then we sit down with him and we just we literally pull it over into Excel and start looking at charts. And you can see, you know, old ball, this is what happens in the rough. This is what happens when you're in your fairway. You know, and then the other ones got a little bit tighter. And then we got down to a prototype to where it was, I mean, you're never going to get the same. It's just not going to happen. But if you can get it a little bit tighter, you know, he said, this is me not flying the green and rolling off the back. Like if I could hit it here, rather than that jumper, you know, and so those were the things he was looking for, and, you know, the, this new cover um, is amazing in the X and XS, but I got to tell you, what we did in the RX and RXS is unlike anything we've ever done in a generation, you know, in those golf balls. We really sat down, and we worked with the consumer level, and Lexi, and, and Fred in that RX and RXS, because you can't, you can't build a ball for a consumer that overspends. They're gonna start losing distance and nobody likes to lose seven, eight yards off the tee and sacrifice for a spinny ball. You're just not gonna you're not gonna find people out there 
who shoot eight low low 80s and trying to get into the 70s say, yeah, I could, you know, I could lose seven yards for a lot of spin around the greens. Occasionally, you're going to have a really good player that is long enough that will, but inside the RX and RXS, we designed that golf ball to maintain that strong distance off the tee, but we wanted to give them a little more control. So the impact modifiers have increased really well in the RX and RXS, and they have been designed amazingly for consumers we've seen so many good results from those two i personally i feel like the rx and the rxs have taken a bigger jump than when we went from i think it was um 2010 to the 12 model those were some great rx and rxs balls back then that's i guess the nerd in me knowing all that stuff about the history of bridgestone but like you know, like these, these are going to be awesome. You know, Fred loves it. Lexi's changing over to the RX, which is just amazingly exciting for us. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the new reactive IQ cover. You know, we're, we're saying it's the smarter tour ball, you know, you, you want that tour ball, but then you, everybody also wants, you know, a certain distance ball off the tee. So what we're trying to do is the holy grail, right, is low spin off the tee and then, or I should say low spin off the tee and high spin off your wedge. So you're really trying to tilt the scales more and more rather than just like, oh, we'll just put a softer cover on it and all the spin it goes up. We want to kind of stretch that slope to where you're almost hitting knuckleballs off the tee and then you're spinning it back around the green. So get the close to that as we can is, is the ultimate goal. But the good thing about the line too is, is they're all so unique. You know, obviously the X and XS have that cover, I mean, that core material that's made for a little bit firmer, faster speeds, but then the RX and RXS is designed for swing speeds under five, under 105, so they're a little bit softer, but then the urethane formula on all four of these are so different. You know, the RX is less spin, it's for a guy who wants to see the ball kind of one hop and check, the RXS is, has a little bit of spin, you know, to where you're going to yoke it and really kind of get bite on the ball. The X is that Bryson ball to where he still has to have tour performance and really get a lot of spin on some firmer greens. And then, of course, the XS is just a ton of spin for a guy looking to just hit those low-flighted, spinny shots that really check around the green. So they all kind of have unique properties. And it's like you said, the portfolio is designed to be that way. We don't want... And the worst thing we can do is design two balls that feel like they're the same, right? Like, oh, I don't really see exactly. a lot of difference between the X <laughs> and the XS. They're, they're kind of the same, and you want to build them to where they fit a different quality of player all yeah. the line and what they need. So, Yeah, I think um, back when I made the, the, the switch to, to the XS, it was um, – 2018 and i remember i took a couple sleeves out from you know the guys over here at bridgestone south africa and i think i had like 100 and what was like 200 meters to the pin and i'm like okay i'm gonna hit a couple shots here five iron and i just remember a couple like iffy strikes and i'm like ooh, that's not gonna get there not gonna get there i hit maybe two in a row and i hit one pure and i go up to the green and i'm like okay the pure one is about 205 and the ones that I didn't really strike well were like 197, 195. So it was like a little five meter drop off, which were bad strikes. And I was like, okay, this this is different. Like it feels different. It, it didn't feel like I got all of it, but yet I'm still at almost at my stock yardage on a five. And I was like, okay, this is, yeah. this is interesting. 
and then it, it kind of yeah. goes back to to your 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 whole analogy of um low spin off the driver and then like more spin as you kind of lessen the speed on the on the shorter clubs and it's it's always been a, a interesting thing still now hitting the excess it's like it just doesn't feel it feels like i'm cheating in a, in, in a sense as well it's like I'm getting so much more distance with the longer clubs and I'm still retaining the the spinner on the green. So I think um me personally uh it is one of the best balls out there for me at the moment. I gained so much distance off the with the longer clubs. So it it was such a weird kind of um obsession over this this new ball that I was playing. So it's obviously great to hear that you guys are constantly, you know, looking for more ways to make it more uh you know like you mentioned that standard deviation that Bryson was talking about that's going to be interesting um to see in in a in a consumer available product i think that's what makes it so exciting that it's it's not just for Bryson as well it's also that that end of the 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 spoon where you're like oh you know i'm also going to get that off the shelf which is um very interesting because you know with myself being around so many tour players you see so many things that just aren't available to us we just we, we can just see it from the sidelines and we're like oh that's great for you <laughs> but not great for me because yeah. i can just i'm just looking from the sidelines so it's it's i think really exciting from that point of view that we'll have access to something you know that that game changing we, we internally we say that when tiger helps us develop xs and and bryson helps us develop x they're also giving us data to make RX and RX better because they're kind of built on the opposite spectrum of each other, but they're almost like mimics of each other. And so like we'll look at data for Tiger and Bryson for those two and then look at a ton of data from consumers and, and see the likenesses in it. And so like like you said, it, it what Tiger gives us feedback-wise for XS does help us build our access for the consumer and same thing with like bryson with x and kuchar and all those other guys so we we want to make that rx and rxs better for the consumer you know of course we want to make a better ball for bryson and tiger but you know for the consumer that's that's important for us too is not to just sit and be like yeah yeah rx and rxs are kind of fine where they are we're going to focus on tiger and bryson like we put just as much stake in the other balls you know we're I mean, we we do prototype testing for the lady ball and, you know, E6 and, you know, E12. We just don't kind of thumb through a catalog of specs from, you know, our guys and say, hey, let's make this one. It's fine. Let's make it a little soft. I mean, we do a lot of testing. And if, it, if the ball isn't, you know, incrementally better or the innovation doesn't make it better, then we're not going to do it. So we, you know, we take a lot of pride in that, you know. Our R&D department here and in Japan is, you know, very prideful in, you know, making a better product and continue to innovate, you know, and kind of move the ball down the line and get better and better to that perfect ball. Yeah, I think um, that's something we can look forward to. And I think, you know, to this day, I think we're still basically out of stock. I know there is kind of, you know, the supply chain um, challenges that, that the world faces across every spectrum right now. But yep. um, it's fair to say I've I've still got stock at home, so I'm still very happy and and <laughs> and I'm I'm still playing the XS, which is great, and I'm very excited to get my hands on the new one. So it's it's going to be an interesting, um, you know, golf is in the space of 
Um, it's kind of like we in the, the smartphone phase right now where everything is so good. And, you know, yeah. it's kind of everyone has the chance to play better golf, you know, as long as I, I think it comes back to the being the number one ball foot in golf and, you know, trying to, you know, beat that into people's heads that that's the one, you know, item that you kind of involved with in every single shot. The golf was the consistent um, kind of denominator. So if you can get fitted for that, you, you literally one step ahead of majority of the, the golfers out there. And um, you guys are obviously number one for a reason. And I think maybe this is also where we start seeing um, a lot more tour players start playing these balls. I think it, it's only a matter of time before more players start. And obviously, you know that guys come in and ask you guys questions about it. So it is quite an exciting time for Bridgestone. Yeah, we've got a, I mean, honestly, we got a few guys out playing the ball out of contract. We got a couple of guys that we're hoping to kind of get something together here and make an announcement. I mean, there is, there is uh, some demand on tour and uh, I'm not going to lie. Tiger does drive demand on tour. Like we've, we've got somebody that's really close to us that's playing the ball. And, you know, he quite frankly said, I, I was around Tiger watching him do some stuff with y'all's ball a year or two ago. And it was like pretty amazing to see. Cause you know, as you know, there's there's urethane balls that spin, but they launch high off of a wedge shot. You know, they kind of do like a, this motion. You know, Tiger likes to have that low, you know, spin and low flight. And so, you know, people have told us like, you know, watching him hit a low spinner that doesn't get, you know, above the trees, but then he spins it back 40 feet. I just don't understand how he's doing that. And you know, it's the composition and the specification of the ball. It's how you make it. I mean, you know, if you make a ball that's too firm in the core and then it's got three mantle layers that are super firm, it's it's going to launch high. And it's it might spin, sure. Tiger talks about it. I mean, he says, you know, some of these young guys like to play the high game and they put the ball up in the air and it still spins back. But, like, I don't want that window, you know. So, you know, we've got guys that have watched him hit wedge shots from – 60 yards and say i i can't do that with my ball even if i wanted to even if i had the right loft and if i did everything he did like that ball just doesn't do that and so we've had a lot of guys reach out to us and say i want to play that ball because i saw him do that and i can't like i want to figure out what it did so there's interest out there and you know we're like i mentioned earlier we're we're probably will always be a small staff sort of company unless something dramatic happens, but, um, there's, there's always interest every year. We've got three or four pretty high level guys that want to play our ball or have, you know, and, you know, it's just a, it's just a thing of logistics and marketing and, and staff funds available on, on whether we can actually kind of get the deal done or not. But I mean, there's a lot of guys on tour that want to play our ball and, you know, it, it's good to see Bryson and Tiger definitely drive a lot of that interest and they see what they do with the ball. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited about some potential people that we could get here soon and have talking to and kind of moving forward from that. No, I think uh, that's exciting news. Um, and again, thanks for coming on and giving us the early scoop on, on the, the Bridgestone. We'll obviously, uh, you know, be waiting very patiently out here in, in SA for it to, to land. You know, we're always looking for ways to improve our game. That 1% uh, makes a huge difference at the end of the day with the scorecard. So um, thanks for coming on and, and giving us all the 
the, the lowdown on, on the new 2OB. No, Shannon, thanks for you for having me. I enjoyed it. It's been, it's an exciting few days and I enjoy talking to it and we'll make sure to get you some of the new ones to try out the, the new XS for you and looking forward to it and talk to you again soon.